Episode number 141 of the Felt Recoil Podcast. My name is Chris. Glad to be here with you. Across from me, Mr. Hulon. What's up, buddy? How are you, sir? Oh, I'm not too bad. Let me turn your mic up. Sorry. Had I'll, you down there pretty I'll hard. Slide. Everything okay, Patrick? Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. You're not on edge? No. Am I supposed to be? You should be. Oh. Aren't you like... I forgot to watch the news today. Um, well... <laughs> Your wife's going to kill you when I bring this up. Uh-oh. Uh, not on the news, but you might not be with us for the next few weeks. That is true. Because dad numero dos yep. coming up here soon. That's Second baby on the way. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Yes. Where's the applause line? Don't we have an applause line? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Oh, so good for you. Um... Get, get to more of it here in just a second. Are you nervous? No. I bought into the idea of once you've had one, you can have nine. You feel that way? Um. Yeah, I will say I had a moment the other night where I was sitting in the living room after our daughter had gone to bed, sitting there by myself in a, uh, some quiet reflection, <laughs> and... I thought, man, what am I going to do with another one of those? Yeah. Little gremlins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I'll figure it out. I remember, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but <clears throat> when my wife was pregnant with our first child, she told me on my 30th birthday. Is that right? 31st birthday, I guess. Eight years ago now. I'm yeah. 40. Yep. You're old. And he was born... In the fall of my 31st year, so yeah. What was the Cold War like, Chris? Oh, terrible. (laughs) Snowy. (laughs) Had to wear a sweater. Uh, There was like ice and stuff. And then Buddy the Elf saved everything. Uh, This is true. I came home from the doctor on my 31st birthday. I had a doctor's appointment that morning. And he literally told me my blood pressure was way too high and I needed to reduce my stress. (laughs) Not a joke. I got home and my wife had a little gift wrapped on the table for me. And it was a ring pop that said, will you be my daddy on it? And I thought it was an erotic gift. Like (laughs) something great was about to happen. (laughs) As I would find out, it you know I had to look at it and I was like, "Wait, was what?" She's like, "I'm pregnant, right?" And I said, "How do you know?" <laughs> it's true. It's true. She would tell the story. Uh, it's very true. I didn't know that women could just know. Like, I mean, I guess you you should know if something's growing in you. One would hope. To me, and I mean this sincerely. To me, you had you, you need to go to the doctor and let a professional decide. <laughs> but apparently, they can just tell. Not a joke. I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that she just knew she was pregnant. And I kept going, yeah, but like, 
when's the appointment that the doctors <laughs> make it official? Listen, I'm really, I'm really uh, one of uh, you know trust but verify. <laughs> yeah. So if we could line that up, that'd be great. Yeah. I, I mean that sincerely. I could not comprehend that women could just tell they were pregnant. That's weird to me, but I guess it's not. I guess it should be normal. Now yeah. we have three. So, you know, we've done it three times. Now it makes sense to me. I get it. But I kid you not, at the time, I was like, yeah, but, but how do you really know? You can say that, but how do you really know? She knew. She was right, turns out. Turns out. One, up, one other thing I wonder if you've learned is how uncinematic the birthing process is. Because we're all conditioned by Hollywood to believe that the water breaks... Like Niagara. Yeah. That doesn't work that way. And everybody scrambles like the, you know, the airport sequence of Home Alone yep. where they're all trying to get out of the house and into the vans. Yep. I don't know what your experience was like with your firstborn. With mine, it was legitimately, my wife walked up and very calmly was like, hey, so I think we should go to the hospital because my water broke. And so, yeah, I'm ready. And I was like, are you sure? She goes, mm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what that was. I mean, not 100%, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We had enough time. We had made a room for our son in this little house we were renting. And we had put his name up in letters, right, on the wall. And she actually went and posed next to that, and I took a picture of her. Just after her water had broke. Just before we left for what would become a 27-hour process, she was in labor for 27 hours. And uh, yeah, we didn't do like the uh, the birthing classes or anything. Yeah, um, someone did suggest to my wife that we should watch this video that's on YouTube. Terrible idea. Uh, it wasn't a terrible idea, actually. Of a birth? No. Oh. No, no, no. That's it's, what I thought you were saying. Sorry. A, it's a video, essentially, of a birthing class. Oh, so okay. it's like some lady in, like, Canada, and she's giving this birthing what class. What do they know? Yeah, head flappers. How to uh, know your baby's not a bigot. Hey? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Did it come out liking Molson's? No? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. No hockey players. Um... <laughs> So we watched the video and, you know, I was very um, not into it. Mm -hmm. I was like, what, like, what are they going to tell me that I don't know? Right. And turns out they told me some things I didn't know. Hmm. One of which was um, when the baby first comes out, mm -hmm. they're mm -hmm. purple. Mm -hmm. And had I not watched that video and they explained that, I may have stroked out, like, yeah. right there in the yeah. middle of the room. Uh, because, like, I don't mean, like, my daughter wasn't, like, uh, a shade of purple. She yeah. was, like, grape ape. Yeah. As purple as you can get. They also don't tell you about the deformed head. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that, speaking of stroking out, yep. I really did freak out. Like, I started yep. asking everybody what was wrong. Yeah. What happened? What's wrong? And the doctor's like rubbing the head, like massaging it. Yep. And I was like, what happened? What happened? What is it? What is it? Because I thought 27 hours in the birth canal had, had hurt something. Right. Uh, on the baby. Didn't care about my wife. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then it turns out, and I'm totally normal. Yep. Nobody told me. 
Well, then the other thing was, you know, like the, the Hollywood thing is like if the baby's not crying immediately, there's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Uh, my daughter didn't right away. Uh, there's like a little bit of a. There's a lull. It's, it's a little pause there. Yeah. Which probably feels much longer than it actually is. Yeah. So, for sure. So there's, like I said, there's a couple things in that video that we watched that I was like, okay, that doesn't sound real, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm listening. Yeah, and then basically that's more or less what happened in real life to us. And I was like, "All right, well, glad I watched the video now." Yeah, yeah. We also had a doula for the first one. A doula being like a midwife. Uh, yeah, kind of midwife-ish. She's like your pregnancy consultant. Yeah, more or less. That's yeah. It's actually a pretty good way to put it. Yeah. So I mean, you got to think like. Um, up until fairly recently in history, men were not in the delivery room. I mean, you got to think about right. the dad was in the in the waiting room handing out cigars and stuff. Some, oh, I was going to say somebody's got to earn the money, but yeah, sure that too. I mean, <laughs> I did I did tell the doctor that I shouldn't have to cut the cord because I didn't go to medical school, <laughs> and yeah. I actually said I said, "What am I paying you for?" And nice, she, and she took great offense to that. I could say push. Yeah. Only um, a professional should be down here with these whatever these weird uh scissors are. Right. But you know, you think about it, that's a fairly new, I would say modern concept. Yeah. Um within the last fifty years or so. I sooner than that, I think. I think I'd say probably twenty, twenty five. You think? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I remember my dad was in the delivery room for my youngest sister being born, and that yeah. would have been 34 years okay, ago. Okay, fair enough. All right, call it 50 then. But maybe, I mean, I'm not saying that was everywhere, but, yeah, yeah I mean, at least in Jacksonville, Florida, it was. Yeah, so I, I guess in my mind, you know, uh, you get these, um, I don't want to say romanticized ideas, but dramatic ideas. Mm-hmm. Um Stereotypes from, from the way. media and from, yeah. you know, film and whatnot of how things are going to go. And generally, I don't feel like that is really how any of it works. No, no, you know, it's in really In fact, not. one of the things in that video that they talked about was like, hey, when your water breaks, you don't need to get in a hurry. Because you're going to be in labor probably for a long time. On your first. On your first. On your, On first. your first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so don't, you don't need to like drive, you know, break every traffic law to get there. You need to just be real calm and. Yeah. And I felt like that was, like, partially my responsibility. Yeah. So I think she was freaking out a little bit. And so the calmer I stayed, the better that helped. Yeah. You know, so. I love it. I love it. Congrats, man. Yeah, I, I'll Thank tell you. you uh, it, it just, I would have nine kids if my wife would let me. My wife doesn't want nine kids. Um, not that she doesn't. That's not fair. Not that she doesn't want nine kids. My wife stays at home with the kids. She works full time from home as well. Runs her own company, uh, so she's a trooper. Um, and so I, you know, I have the luxury of being like, well, got to head to the <laughs> office, you know. So it's not fair for me to say that. I love kids. I love having them around. Um, so congrats to you uh, on the second one on the way. So if, if you're not here for a few weeks, we get it. Take some time. Enjoy yourself. Uh, I'll do something. I'll figure something out. You always do. Bring old Jake Odom back. Make him there co-host. Go. Chris Harrell can come back. Yep. We can do without you. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You're not missed. I, I realize that. <laughs> all right. I think you bring Stump back and no one will even Oh, my goodness. We got to do it. Got to yeah. do it. On location. I think if I bring Stump back, 
which I know he's game anytime. He's always so much fun. I think I go to his place. Yeah. Because the only reason I think he's taking Uber home. Yeah, for sure. He is somewhat reserved. That joke was because his wife's car won't have any gas in it. Not because you'll be too drunk to get home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He would offer me a ride, except there's no gas right. in the car. Uh, I think, as anyone would be polite in polite society, he comes into my house, and he's very... As, as colorful as he is, sure. and as opinionated as he is, he's still very reserved. You compare his guest hosting where he's in person to the time we did him th- via zoom. Yes. And he consumed an entire bottle of red wine yep. in the background. That's a good one, by the way. So much fun. I think that's a good idea. I think I go to stumps and let him feel entirely comfortable in his own domain. Yep. And, the, and we just I like where brain dump for an hour. That could be a good time. Okay. Again, congrats, man. Good for you. I'm happy for you. And good luck to you and your wife. Second one's, uh, by the way, the reason we both were like, first baby, first baby. My second, uh, man, a couple hours yeah. he was here. And six weeks early and moving fast, and he hasn't stopped ever since. And then our daughter, the third child, was born in seven minutes. It was like a seven-minute labor. It was no joke. So That's what I'm talking about. It'll happen. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's head over to this week's charity of choice, the South Carolina Wounded and Recovering Fund, GreenvilleWarFund.com. Their annual Falling Steel match is coming up October 22nd and 23rd. You can participate. You'll have a really good time. You'll eat some good food. You can win some prizes and shoot some steel. Last year, they had a, uh, is it a John boat you sat in? Yeah. Is that that type of boat, right? It's a little John boat, and it wobbled left and right, but they had, um, what do you call it? I, I want to say stoppers, but, you know, what would you call it? They had a couple of uh, points on each side that didn't allow it to rock yeah. too far in one direction. And so you would kind of bottom out if you went too far right, bottom out if you went too far left, and you had to shoot a stage that way. It was a lot of fun. They had the swinging bridge you shot off of. That was a good time, a really good time. And it all goes to helping uh, financially support wounded and recovering police officers around the state of South Carolina. So if you want to join in on the fun, October 22nd and 23rd, visit GreenvilleWarFund.com. Find out more. Find them on Facebook as well. GreenvilleWarFund.com. Dot com support the wounded and recovering fun. Okay, there's a lot to get to, and we're going to do our best to do it right now. Uh, I hope I'm saying this young man's name correctly. Out of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, what a terrible, terrible situation is unfolding there. Uh, Dante Wright um, stopped for a traffic violation. Looks like he had expired registration. That's what I'm hearing. Expired tag, I think. Yeah. Um, they pull him over, find out he has a warrant. He was arrested in February, by the way, for aggravated robbery uh, on February 11th at 8.23 a.m. That's when he was received into the Hennepin County Sheriff uh, Detention Center, and he was released the next day. I'm supposing, I don't know this, it's just me talking to you. I'm supposing, again, I don't know, um, that he didn't show up for his court date, and that is probably why the warrant existed. I'm supposing that's why he called his mom. Yeah. If you don't know, the story goes like this. He gets stopped. He calls his mom and says, I'm being pulled over. I don't think people typically do that unless they know it's big-time trouble. I remember doing that once. I knew I was in big-time trouble. Got stopped by the cops. Didn't have insurance on my car. Not a good time. 
And uh, so I knew. So I called people. Man, I'm about to be in some trouble. Anyway, um, so he called his mom. Hands the phone to his girlfriend, I suppose. Cops tell him to get out of the car. There's a warrant on him. He begins to fight with the police officers. Struggles his way back into the car. Female officer on the scene. Means to tase him. Now, well, I'll get into that in a second. Tries to tase him. She draws her firearm instead of her taser. An interesting thing here. Typically, you see cops, they wear their tasers cross-body, which means opposite side of the dominant hand. So if you're right-handed, you wear it on your left side, and it's kind of facing away from the officer, if you want to think of it that way. So it's what we call a cross-draw. You have to reach across yourself and draw it, then you can present it and use it. The officer to her immediate right, you can see it on his body camera. It's on his left side. Exactly yeah. how you're okay. describing it. Presented in the way we're describing. Perfect. Uh, she pulls her Glock and says, taser, taser, taser. It is not a taser. It's a Glock. She shoots him several times in the abdomen. He proceeds to drive off as he was attempting to do. She says, oh, expletive deleted. I shot him. Drops her gun on the ground. You can see the other two officers in the video kind of stunned, trying to make sense of what just happened. Drives off. He hits another car or something. And, uh, and and dies. And it's just a terrible, terrible tragedy. Now, what what is the easiest thing to do is immediately decide who you're going to blame and who you're not going to blame in this scenario. I'm going to tell you something I firmly believe already is I blame everybody. Everybody here did wrong. Uh, she was apparently a seasoned member of the police force, been there for years and so years. So say, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can't get it much more wrong than to pull a gun and shoot somebody when you think you're pulling a non-lethal device like a taser uh, and you pull your gun and shoot somebody, you're you're definitely in the very, very way wrong. Um, I think it's time to come off the street if that's a mistake you can make. I'll say it that way. Now, that said, I'm not here to Monday morning quarterback anybody. I think she did what she thought she had to do in in a scenario where you have a guy uh, with again, we're supposing this is a warrant for aggravated robbery. We know he was arrested for that in February. So let's just say here's a guy, aggravated robbery arrest just a couple months ago. You pull him over, he's got an open warrant for whatever the case may be. So you need to go in with a little hesitation. You need to be prepared. You're going to have to deal with this guy. Well, he starts fighting and resisting. He tries to get in his car. Now, here's where I want to interject. If a suspect attempts to flee in a car like that, where the officers are into the car as they were fighting with him, that vehicle presents itself as a deadly weapon, right? Sure. So you have to take whatever means are necessary to stop that deadly threat to yourself and your fellow officers. So I'm going to say, not knowing if there was an officer in front of the car or not, I'm going to tell you there are other cases out there where police officers being dragged by vehicles shoot the perp, Mm -hmm. and they don't face charges. And it's not deemed a bad shoot. It's deemed a good shoot because the perp was dragging them potentially to their death. That car's a missile, man. That's a deadly weapon. Dante made terrible decisions, paid the ultimate price. The cop made a very, very poor decision. She'll most likely lose her job. Did you see what the governor said, by the way? This governor is like a stereotype out of Blue Bloods. You ever watch Blue Bloods? 
No. How melodramatic it is. It's a decent show for the stories they write. It's not too bad. Actually presents a lot of really strong conservative ideas that are pro-police. Hmm. Does a pretty good job with things. It really does. Uh, I think it's one of the few shows out there that gives you both sides. What's like Last Man Standing? <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. He trashes Hillary Clinton every chance he gets on that show. That's why that's worth watching. Um, the governor of Minnesota basically came out and said how tragic that another black man's been killed by police. He didn't know the details. Right. He didn't know what's happening. Or she. Guy, girl. I'll look it up. Who's the governor of Minnesota? Um, I don't know why you don't know that. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody knows, Chris. <laughs> I would tell you, but I'd rather make you awkwardly search for it. That's right. Looks like an old white dude. Old white dude, uh, Tim Waltz. All right. I'll, th- I'll tell you, by the way, that's a true story. I got out of radio in large part because one of the uh, job prospects I had was in Minnesota. Yikes. And I said to myself, what are you doing with your life if you're picking up and moving to Nowhereville, Minnesota to work for a local radio station that will likely shut down in three to five years? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Honestly. And so I decided not to pursue those jobs anymore. It's a true story. Okay, uh, Governor Tim Waltz. Walls? Walt. Waltz. W-A-L-Z. How would you say it? Speaking of radio stations, <laughs> Governor W.A.L.Z. Uh, he says, I'm closely monitoring the situation in Brooklyn Center. Gwen and I, I guess that's his wife. I hope it's his secretary and he like did it, you know, Freudian. Gwen and I are praying for Dante Wright's family as our state mourns another life of a black man taken by law enforcement. Isn't that wild? It was pretty strange. Isn't that wild? Well, I mean, not, maybe strange isn't the right word. It's ridiculous. I mean, I don't know how to tell you this because it's just a hard truth. But more often than not, if you encounter law enforcement and you will comply, you'll walk away unscathed. If Dante Wright had simply complied and gone with the police, he'd be alive right now. Wouldn't be a major news story. But he had to fight. He had to attempt to flee. He had to get in the car and start fighting with cops. I got to tell you, again, I think the, the officer made a terrible mistake. Agreed. But you're dealing with someone with an outstanding warrant who you likely know committed an aggravated robbery just a couple months ago, and you expect me to let them kick, scream, flail, punch, and get into a vehicle, and I don't know what's inside there? And not use whatever force necessary to stop them from going for whatever they're going for? What? I have some questions. Lay them on me. I'll answer. Well, I know everything. Which is why I'm asking. <laughs> Thank you. Clearly. So watching this video, they, they take him out of the car. They basically have him stand up against the car right next to the, the driver's yeah. door. And I'm not a cop. I have no training in that. But you have common sense. I'm going to guess your question. Why did we not bring him around to the back of the car? Why are we we presenting the opportunity for him, if he were to fight, to attempt to flee to get back in the car? I mean, just close the door. Yeah. I couldn't understand why nobody closed the driver's side door. They left it wide open. And he just weaseled right back in, no problem. 
He did get in pretty quick. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't have an answer for that one. I'm sorry. I lied. <sighs> well, last time I asked you anything. Sorry about that. This is a story full of, I guess, what ifs and why nots. But I think the bigger question is, and by the way, the the next tweet from Governor W A L Z is hilarious. This address, I guess, you know, he's capitalizing on Dante's death here. Uh, this address will be broadcast live in Spanish and Somali through TPT Now and Somali TV Minnesota. Who the heck wants to live in Minnesota? First of all, because it's Minnesota. And secondly, if that's the way things have to be in Minnesota. Yeah, we, I'm good. We do realize, I'll by the way. Pass. Yeah. We're, Dearborn's Michigan. What's yeah. in Minnesota? Oh, Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Somali refugee area. That's right. Mm. It's like one of the top tier recruitment areas in the United States up there. That's right. What? Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Why? Uh, Ilhan Omar. Oh. Really motivating the base. <laughs> it's all making sense now. Yeah, buddy. Uh, you know, isn't it funny, by the way? Uh, they got to do it in America. Like she would never be allowed power no. of any elected anything in a Muslim-majority country around the world anywhere. I'll rephrase slightly. In any Muslim-majority country where they believe what she proclaims to believe, they'd never give her any seat of representation in their government. they got to come to America uh, and give it to her here, which is great. That's cool. It shows how great America really is. I digress. The question is... Is America becoming a place where our police officers are expected to allow criminals to simply flee without repercussions? Because it's the only way to prevent the things that keep happening like this. So now we have Dante Wright. Uh, The name is slipping my mind of the gentleman who was shot. He had the knife in his hand. He got into the car with the two kids. Can't, yeah, I don't remember. Can't even remember where it happened. Um, and everybody went crazy over well, that. Isn't that emblematic of the situation? Mm-hmm. Same we're, idea. We're, we're we're in a a cycle where this continues. Yeah. So you have um, uh, you know cops interacting with someone they don't comply. Uh, if that person happens to be black, and the cops defend themselves. Yeah. You know, the next thing you know, their their families are getting millions from the city. Uh, the cities are getting burned down and looted. And there doesn't seem to be a, a win. It's a, like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. There's nothing do we you let can criminals do. run free or do we stop criminals? And if the criminals resist, does that change things? I, I feel like what you're asking for is like a, like a, a flow chart. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, like, if this, then that. Yeah. Jacob Blake, by the way, is the guy I was thinking there of. There you go. In Kenosha. Awesome, yeah. yeah. Led to the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse yep. situation. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. But, but but isn't that, I mean, that's, that's the only way to prevent the riots and the destruction and the mayhem is either to just resign ourselves to the idea that these people don't want their neighborhoods policed. They would rather do it themselves. And let these people run around and do as they see fit. Dante Wright wants to go out and commit aggravated robbery. Then we just have to allow it to happen. Um, 
the other young man whose name slips in my mind, um, hands up, don't shoot guy. Now all that proved to be wrong. It was a lie. A big lie. He had just committed a robbery. His hands weren't up. He was attacking the police officer, trying to get his weapon. His DNA was found on everything inside the cop car. It's funny. I remember the officer's name. I can't remember his. Brown. What was his first name? Uh, I don't remember either. It's hard to keep them all straight. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, um, you have a scenario, you just scenario after scenario, when all the facts come to light, the narrative is never real. You might have seen the story this past week where uh, the, the college students were marching on campus because of the ra- racial epithets that were spray-painted in the dorms. And the N- that, NAACP yeah. steps in and condemns the action, and the kids all take to campus, and then a black kid confesses to doing it. I'm not saying it's exactly equitable, but I'm saying we have to reach a point where we just decide what we want from one another. What do we want out of this? Do we want a polite and civil society where members of the society agree to a certain set of rules that will be enforced by its police, or do you just want to be left alone and to your own devices? And you can do as you see fit, and the rest of us will leave you alone. Well, I think if, if um, as a society, we choose option two, the end result will become, um, you know, a Wild West-type scenario, or, or worse, maybe like you have a... Uh, like a, a criminal element ruling sections of society, yeah, um, that are implementing law. Like I, th- you know, you think of like the mafia. You know, the mafia has uh, rules amongst itself. You know, right? Uh, or or like, uh, you know, pirates had a code, right? I yeah, mean, they're, they're outlaws, but yet they they live w- with these rules. I almost wonder. If that's what they want. I mean, I, that sounds so absurd on the surface. Well, but, like, what are we doing here? But, but you're in a town, ta- you're, you're near a town, at least, that just defunded their police and then had to circle back and refund the police, if you remember. Yeah, well, you remember when that, that whole thing started about defund the police. There's guys going in and, you know, doing, like, the man on the street thing, and they're asking people in these, um, you know, poor urban neighborhoods, hey, mm-hmm. do, you, do, you, do you not want the cops here? Well, of course I want the cops here. Yeah. Well, why? I thought I thought everybody wanted to defund the police. No, nobody here wants to defund the police. That's that's a that's the thing politicians and media people are saying. It's but Capitol Hill problem. Yeah. Yeah. Pe- people in these neighborhoods they don't want to defund the police. And they know what we that need means. the police. Yeah. 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 It means chaos. It's anarchy. Yep. There are areas of this country as hard as it is to think about. Um, I'm thinking in Detroit, Michigan, for sure where there are private security firms in there acting as the police and they're having to go in these neighborhoods and specific neighborhoods will hire specific contractors essentially and allow them to police the area because the police can't do it all. Police can't do everything. I just feel like we're stuck in this narrative. Jacob Brown, um, I just said it's Jacob Blake, Michael Brown, George Floyd, it started, I think, with Trayvon Martin. What a convoluted mess that was. And just to remind you, my feelings on that case are George Zimmerman never should have pursued Trayvon sure. Martin. Never. Nope. Should have let him walk. But Trayvon Martin should have never tackled George Zimmerman and started bashing his head into the ground. 
You just can't have it both ways. It is possible for both people to be wrong and one person to pay a higher price. As sad as that is to think about. And we don't have to demonize these people. We don't have to remember the bad parts of Trayvon Martin or Michael Brown. And there were bad parts on both of those guys. It's really bad parts of Jacob Blake. Who we don't lived. have to anoint them with sainthood either. Right. Exactly. It's not like they're without guilt or fault. But we don't have to put them on a, you know, some sort of cross and say, well, you know, pay for their sins. You know, so other people can go, they were the Messiah. It's just such a weird world we live in. Like, all objectivity has gone. Yeah. It's gone. It's out the window. Yeah. Very few people seem to be able to possess the ability nowadays to look at all the facts and say, everybody was wrong. Now, I'm not saying that for every case, by the way. I believe the officer that shot Michael Brown acted in pure self-defense and did what needed to be done. I believe the same for Jacob Blake. Uh, I think Jacob Blake shouldn't have had a knife and gone into a car with two kids. Um, But I think the point you're trying to illustrate is that every situation is different. Exactly right. And the media is painting all of these to be the exact same thing over and over and over again. And that is a problem. That's it on the head. Exactly. Everything is so nuanced. Everything's so different case to case. But they want to act like, well, if you're black... There's a prescription for how the police will treat well, you. One of the, the arresting officer, by the way, in this video is black. Yeah. I don't think anybody's really highlighting the fact that the officer that was hands-on with Dante Wright is a black man. Yep. But America doesn't, doesn't thrive off nuance. Right. Right. The media cycle, they're, they're not going to hit you with that. Well, it's got to be geared to the lowest common denominator, Every right? Every time. And like, yeah. I remember taking a, a uh, class in college on um, essentially uh, a journalism class on how to write for a newspaper. Mm-hmm. And the professor had us write these, you know, okay, here's a story. I want everybody to go write an article. Mm-hmm. And then she got up there and basically shredded everybody's stuff. And everybody thought they wrote these great articles. And for the most part, they probably were pretty good, everybody in the class. And so she's like, all right, just, so everybody understands what happened there, right? No. What are we talking? What, like, we all thought we did a great job, and she's not really explaining why. She's just ripping us to shreds. We told the story, the who, what, where, when, why, all that jazz, right? Right. Well, the whole, the whole point of this, this exercise was to teach us that you basically need to write on, like, a third-grade level. So here we are, college mm-hmm. students, mm-hmm. trying to show how smart we are. Exactly, right. And you use these, you know, five-syllable words, and she basically was like, yeah, don't ever do that. <laughs> don't do that. Because the people that you're writing this for, they don't know what that word means. Yeah. So just stop. I used to work for a lady, it's, uh, and, and I'll say, you're, you're, you're right there, I'm sure. Uh, in fact, copywriting is a lot like that. Sure. When you yeah. write headlines for even product and things like that, they'll tell you, You need to write to basically, like you said, I think the fourth grade level. Um, I used to work for a lady who made you write everything in present tense. It was the strangest thing. I remember you telling me about that, actually. You had to write news stories, right? And we would write and record these news stories for, uh, I want to say it was a radio station. I don't want to say where it was. I don't know if the, uh, if I'm even allowed, quite frankly. Uh, it's a major 
media. It was a major media company. Yeah, and they had their own news service. It doesn't exist anymore. They had their own news service. And, uh, yeah, you had to write and record these news stories, and she wouldn't let you use Give past Give yourself a little tense. credit. It does still exist. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The, the media. organization still exists. Yes, yes. They just not in the same format. A fair way to say it. Uh, sort of a way to say it. It's a major media website that started its own radio arm, yeah, and the radio arm dissolved. There you go. That makes sense. It's yeah. probably that lady's fault, though. Uh, dude, listen, <laughs> if not 100%, I'd say 75 to 90. I used to get emails that looked like ransom notes. It doesn't matter. Uh, and that's true, man. I'll show them to you. Uh, I showed my wife, is this a ransom note or an email from my boss? It was really weird. Anyway, but we had to write everything in present tense. It was the dumbest thing. It made no sense. It was so unnatural. And she swore up and down. It was the way people wanted to hear the news, but you would literally, uh, you would have to write a story and you would have to say, uh, Dante Wright shot by police in Minnesota. As police arrest him, he resists. Instead of just saying, you know, a 20-year-old black man has been shot and killed by police in Minnesota following a traffic stop. I would love to have a conversation with her and figure out where she got that idea. I have no idea. It obviously didn't work. Well, well, because either A, she, she stole it from someone else and it was a really bad idea to begin with, or B, she was sitting around with like... You know, a bottle of scotch and her own <laughs> thoughts and just and was like, you know what we need to do? Yeah. We need to keep it all all in the moment. She was a nice lady. And then I found out she was really good friends with Nancy Grace. And it was all out the window for me. Yikes. Yeah. Like, I was legit like, oh. Like, talk about of an incredibly discredited person who has legitimately faced legal consequences for their ineptitude. <laughs> the company we keep. Anyway, we're way off topic. But the point is, I feel you. Uh, you just reminded me of that with, with your writing assignment. Sorry. And, and the weirdness of it. But but that your teacher was not wrong, by the way. I'm not saying your teacher was wrong. It just reminded me of that story. I believe that is true. I gauge that, by the way. Here's a weird thing I like to do. I like to read the comments that get the most likes on Facebook. I like to study what gets the most reactions from people. And you will find the more well-thought-out comments, like you said, with the bigger words, do not receive as much interaction. All right, so so you you go to a Fox News article. more sizzle. Yeah, man. Less steak. Yes. Go to a Fox News article, and I can guarantee you this. You'll find that the comment with the most interaction is most likely something... Similar to, that's not what America is. We miss Donald Trump. <laughs> Something like that. And click, 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 like, 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 like. Zero substance. But if you were to get on there and say, well, the reason this won't work is because the Sixth Amendment says, yada, yada, yada. Everybody's like, nah. Nobody nah, cares. Yeah. Nobody I, cares. I don't want to think about that. Nobody cares. It's got to be easily digestible. They have to understand it easily and the mass population of America these days just ain't paying attention. I think it was Washington that said, by the way, um, essentially 
that he definitely said the government of America was designed for moral and just people and that it would be wholly inadequate for any other. But I tend to remember he had a writing suggesting, maybe it was John Adams now that I'm talking about it, that the education of the American people would be incredibly important as well. That once the American people were ill-educated, they wouldn't understand why the system worked. And I'm starting to feel like that's the case. It's pretty strong. Especially when you consider how everybody doesn't understand the difference between direct democracy and the republic that we are and why that's important. Especially considering people want to abolish the electoral college, that kind of stuff. You start to understand. All right. Quick break, 40 minutes in. <laughs> and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, South Carolina's governor making us basically a sanctuary state from illegals, which is, I believe, ironic is what you call that. Uh, and then uh, the South Carolina House has okayed a bill allowing for open carry. And we'll tell you why, why you really shouldn't do that. It's not, not a smart idea. Don't do that. Okay, next. Yeah, welcome back. Anchor, by the way, really, I mean, I know it's a commercial and you're hearing it again, but Anchor really has been quite instrumental in the growth of this podcast. So I like to remind you occasionally, we're not going to sell you anything we're not using ourselves. That's why Anchor is important to us. Um, I'm not going to say money is no object to this podcast. <laughs> But money's no object to this podcast because if we were obsessed with the money we make off of it, we'd be highly disappointed. Um, I think that works, That's right? That's fair. Point I'm making, though, is that there's a lot of podcasting platforms. Like we said, that uh, you got to have that minimum audience. And Anchor's made us a little bit of money just by uh, putting their commercials in there. And they're distributing us to channels we weren't on with the other podcasting service we were using. So uh, we're, we're really, really happy and uh, couldn't be more content with where we are. Anchor FM. Check them out. Okay. All right. Great. Okay. Uh, from the Epic Times, which, by the way, saw its Hong Kong. What's the word? Um, location, I guess. Uh, bureau is what I wanted to say. Attaché. Yeah, attaché. Attacked. The attaché was attacked Ooh. by hammer-wielding um, rioters today. And so all the best to them over there. I can't imagine who would attack a publication in Hong Kong that calls the coronavirus the China virus habitually. I can't imagine who would be. We should get somebody on the case. Find that. Yeah, I guess. I guess I'm going to go with Japan. I mean, because of Pearl Harbor. They're probably still that's bitter. Not, that's not where I was going with it, but you present a strong argument. Yeah. Okay, all right. I'll think about it again for a second. Yeah, Singapore. Definitely. Yeah. I think. Mainly. They would have caned everyone. Yes. They wouldn't have brought hammers. Fair. Just good old-fashioned bamboo. I was going to say they're still mad about the tsunami. but. <laughs> That makes sense, too, though. <laughs> okay. The Epic Times reporting, South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster has issued an executive order 
that prohibits the federal government from bringing unaccompanied children from the U.S.-Mexico border to South Carolina. McMaster issued the executive order in response to inquiries from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration of Children and Families. That is the longest name of any department ever. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration of Children and Families. That's its name. Anyway, they were asking if the state had to see that business card, actually. Do you have to hand them two every time? It's like uh, Avengers. Remember like he, on Avengers when he's from S.H.I.E.L.D. and it's the really long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to work on that. Yeah. Need some work. <laughs> you like, like hand them a business card and then they read it and you wait and then you yeah. hand them another one and then you pull a stapler out and you're like, <laughs> and you just staple them together. That's right. That's about it. Uh, anyway, that department was wondering if the state of South Carolina had resources to place unaccompanied children in the state's foster care facilities and group homes. Michael Leach is the head of the South Carolina Department of Social Services. He told McMaster about the federal government's inquiries about taking children from the border and placing them in South Carolina's foster care group homes uh, on April the 8th. South Carolina's children, says McMaster, must always be given first priority for placement into foster care, and the state's strained resources must be directed to addressing the needs of its children. Now, by the way, I'm old enough to remember under the Obama administration when they brought the kids to Spartanburg. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. Well, it was the families, the Muslim refugees that yep. were coming. And we were all supposed to believe, you know, this is normal. And they put them in Spartanburg County, which is, I don't know, 45 minutes north of where we sit right now. So South Carolina is no stranger to this kind of thing. Uh, but McMaster kind of puts that in perspective. He says, allowing the federal government to place an unlimited number of unaccompanied migrant children into our state's child welfare system for an unspecified length of time is an unacceptable proposition. We've been down this road with the federal government before, and the state usually ends up on the hook. Doesn't that make you wonder how much we paid for those families moving into Spartanburg County? Probably a lot. Like, what happened there that he knows we'd be on the hook if we played along this time? Yeah, I mean, just saying. Yeah. I don't know that I can say anything else. Anyway, I like seeing that. We talked last week about uh, these states becoming sanctuary states for gun laws from the Biden administration. Um, I believe that's an idea. We'd have to go through the archive. But I remember years ago here, and we've been doing this for about three years now, saying if you can have a sanctuary state for illegals, people that break the law, then why can't you have a sanctuary state that protects the Constitution? Galt's Gulch and all that. Glad to see they're actually doing it. Let me take a quick tangent for a second. You won't. Yeah, I will. Please, please, please ask everyone. If you watched Trump outlaw the bump stocks, and then you just kind of, tapped your fingers together when he said he was going to go after suppressors. If you laughed at us when we said Trump is so anti-gun it hurts, can you just do us all a favor and shut up and sit down about the Biden executive actions? Please. Thank you. I'm so tired. I couldn't be more tired and fed up with the gun community that wants to act like they're going to do something about Biden's executive actions. Is this the line in the sand? No, it's not. Chris. Yes. I I just put a bumper sticker on my truck. Oh, tell me. That says, I will not comply. <laughs> that. So, 
with red lights. Let's have the stop light at the end, red, red, yellow, and green. That'd make a great bumper sticker. I will not comply. Can we make that happen, please? I think we should. Done. As soon as we're done here, that's what I'm working on. Yes. So I'm just saying, uh, I am above your argument. So you can be frustrated. Uh, you can get all loud if you want to, but um, no complying will be had my way. Patrick, your so. virtue signaling is as bright as a traffic signal. Dang I'm it. very proud of you. Uh, Total backfire. <laughs> I know you agree with me, and you're probably irked to the same degree I am. I am, and I've actually been looking forward to this uh diatribe of yours here yeah here we are yeah here's the thing this is what i don't understand it's in the founding documents that people will put up with a long train of abuses because they're more willing to deal with the evil they know than to overthrow it and have to deal with the uncertainty of what's to come i think that's exactly how it reads Not really, not even close. How scholarly of you. But that is essentially what it says, right? Men men are known that they'll put up with the abuses of tyranny so as to not deal with the uncertainty of what lies ahead if they overthrow the tyranny. Donald Trump was a big government tyrant just as much as Joe Biden is. The man put his family in charge of things. His family had no business being in charge. Chris, Chris, Chris. But hang on a second. Uh Uh-huh. Please go ahead. I think the thing you're failing to take into account. Yes, sir. Is QAnon. Fair. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't keep that one together. Here's a guy. I I would love to to have been, if I could have worked in the Trump administration for a day, it would have been my only day. And I would have gotten the meeting with the president, and I would have said, uh, Mr. President, Chris, nice to meet you. Hey, so I'm here to do the PowerPoint on nepotism. <laughs> Did you want to do that here or, you know, take it to the war room? Jay-Z and Beyonce are waiting. And then we'd go down there, and that's what I would do. I It's, so, it's just so funny to me what a bunch of partisan hacks the gun community can be. Right. Like when it was Donald Trump, it was roll over and take it. I know people were unhappy and they said their thing, but nobody in any not. Let me say it this way. So many people didn't treat it like the end of the world when it happened. Yeah. But Biden says, quite simply, I'm going to ask the ATF to review braces. And I'm going to dump a bunch of money into studying gun, gun violence. And I'm going to nominate this jack wagon to lead the ATF. Okay? Now, it's not that it's an illegitimate complaint to complain about those things. All those things are bad and wrong, and Biden's a moron, and I get it. But they're not actually any worse than turning gun owners into overnight felons by saying surrender the accessory to your firearm. All right? But the uproar just seems so much louder because it's Biden. And I find that quite offensive. Quite offensive. I would say look no further than um, your Republican, quote-unquote, leadership. Uh, Yeah. Because when you have a Republican president, 
um, or both houses of Congress. They seem to do nothing for gun owners uh, for fear of, uh, I guess, losing out on people who wouldn't already vote for them. I don't know. I mean, what? Who? Who are we worried about if you're a Republican and yeah, you want to vote something in? So, perfect, perfect example: Hearing Protection Act. Right. right? Yeah. That Trump well, Jr. lied to everybody about. Fully lied to everyone about. But what? Were, what were the Republicans who could have done that worried about? Right. The people who don't like you already weren't going to vote for you. Mm-hmm. So what's the problem? Yeah. So they so their hands off. They're just oh oh let's just don't talk about. Let's just don't, hey guys, listen. I know there's a lot of people hopped up about guns and stuff. Let's just don't talk about that right now. And then, <laughs> and then, you get some Democrats, and then all the, the the fangs come out. Yeah. And they're all worked up. Yeah. They're all spun up, and they're whoa. We got hey, they're coming for your rights, buddy. That's right. And if you don't keep voting for me. They're going to take your rights. They're going, take, they're going to take both of your Second Amendments. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's a strange case, isn't it? It's but, such a strange I'm, case. The point I'm illustrating, though, is that you're talking about the general public. I'm using the the conservative political leadership as, as an example. They seem to almost be one and the same. Well, I was going to say, because I feel like they the the political leadership has figured out what their play is. Mm -hmm. Do nothing when Republicans are in charge, cry about how everyone's rights are on the chopping block when they're not. Mm -hmm. And so the people that blindly follow them, I guess most of the people who pay that $35 a year to the NRA Mm. who aren't really paying close attention, right? They they just follow suit. I'm I'm talking to you fuds. I'm right here, sitting right here. And Chris, um, <laughs> I'm not going to take debate on the NRA. I hear you. I, what is it the cool kids say? I see you, Patrick. I see you. I feel you, dog. Uh, but yes, that's kind of. I guess that's kind of the point, right? Is much like you would have grief with the NRA. And you would say it's ineffective and they're not doing their job. And there's merit to that argument. I think Wayne LaPierre has just unfortunately made a mess of that entire organization. Um, I can't help but think the fair weather patriotism will be the split of the people that actually care. And we've had this conversation before here where we talk about well, if it all goes to hell in a handbasket. How will I know which side to be on? I don't care about either of these people. <laughs> you know? Yep. I'm going to watch them kill each other. I'm going to watch them kill each other. I'm going to go, I don't really care if any of you guys survive. I'm going to be over here with me and my own, right. not worried about it. So I somewhat feel that feeling right now. But, man, I was here. To, I was just so frustrated watching the Facebook feed. I eventually just stopped. I've gotten a little bit better about not caring about my Facebook feed. Um but these guys want to get into all the gun groups and they want to preach and they want to tell you. And it's like, but where were you? This definitely wasn't happening with the bump stocks. Everybody was, not everybody, but such a large contingent was willing to go, well, it's just bump stocks. Yeah, well, we talked about it when it happened, that Mm -hmm. bump stocks are a novelty, always have been. Right. It's not a reliable piece of equipment. 
Um, and it's not it's a good what, way to go out and have some fun on a Saturday. That's about it. Right. And while I personally don't care about them, that doesn't mean I think that someone should be able to regulate them with a stroke of a pen. Right. And thereby set a principle, or a, a, a precedent, pr- a precedent. Thank you. Where, whereby they can just do that with any other accessory, which is what Biden will do now because Trump made it possible, right? Right. Which was, I think, the concern that we and other people voiced back when that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, over and over and over again, I'll say this. They're all in it together. Trump knew then what door he was opening. Biden and Gifford are appreciative for it. They thank him and they love him for it. He knows that. They know that. Um, they all play the same game. They hate each other during the day. They have dinner together at night. They know it. Trump was no different. You can think all you want that that man went in there and quote-unquote drained the swamp. I think he just played the game, man. He played the game. He played it better than most. It's not to say he's a bad president. It's not to say at all he's a bad president. I think he did really good things. Um, I liked what he did with the southern border. I think he did good things to combat human trafficking. I appreciate that. The economy was going great. I was making money in the stock market until about three months ago. Uh, it's all gone to crap now. But that said... Um, at the end of the day, on principle, when you really start to break it down, they all start to feel the same. And so it's funny to me, I'll never ever be the person to put all my hope and allegiance in a, in a person and in a candidate of some sort, because they're, they're all people, they're all fallible. Um, power will corrupt them. It'll take them over. Um, you know, and so, um, it's interesting to me to now see and infuriating as well to see all the Trump supporters suddenly angry at Biden for doing nothing different than what Trump did. It's no different than what your guy did, and you say he's the greatest president we've ever had. Okay. Okay. But don't you can't be mad at Biden for playing the game Trump played. I'm tired of hearing about it. You're a bunch of hypocrites. Stop it. Shut up about it. And by the way, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to do anything. No. You're going to gripe on Facebook. Not you're going to pretend you and your boys are building igloos and putting on your Aloha shirts, and you're not going to do crap about it. You're not going to do crap about it. None of you are out there preparing, either physically or mentally or any of that. Stop talking. Just stop it. You're not going to do anything. Here's what you can do. Legitimately, you can do this. You can go support the Firearms Policy Coalition, find yep. those guys, and you can give them a fair amount of your income and make sure that they're able to go out and fight the good fight. Okay. And I would, I mean, obviously my previous comment was a dig at the NRA. Right. Firearms Policy Coalition is a better way to spend your money. They you really are. see something happen, those guys are not afraid of a fight. Um, I think actually they replied to Biden's tweet about his executive actions um, and said, F you, period, no, period. Yep. So Yeah, and that's another thing, by the way. That's another thing. If you're such a hero, if you're such a hero, when Biden gets his way and the assault weapons are banned, what I like to call my anti-government assault weapon, death to tyrants rifle, if you will, when the assault rifles are banned and the high-cap mags are banned, 
go ahead and post yours on Facebook and tell them to take a hike. Be the hero you wish you could be. I'm not saying be violent. I'm just saying. Don't hide it. Don't cower in the corner. Be the man you claim to be. Because you won't. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm tired of all the talk. What we need is some sort of actionable item we can go act on. Look, if if the Don't F Around Coalition can be a thing, or Not Fing Around Coalition, whatever they were called, Jam Master J, if he can go out there and lead something, we should certainly be able to galvanize and do something together. But for some reason, all we want to do is get on Facebook and gripe and complain and say, look how tough I am. But there's, there's nothing to that. It's not making any difference. It's not changing anything. And by the way, again, you let a guy get away with it for four years. Did whatever he wanted to do. He put his family in charge of everything they had no right being in charge of. Took his kids on flights everywhere. Acted like it's the family business to run the country all of a sudden. These are grown people, by the way. It's not like he had kids that still lived at home and he brought them to the White House and it was all cute and Brady Bunch, lovey-dovey type stuff. No. No, no, no. These are grown adults that need to be out in the private sector doing their own thing. By the way, I will not back away from Jared Kushner being a really good idea. That guy did strong work in the Middle East. I admire him for it. I don't know what the rest of the family was doing. All right. Ivanka's going around looking pretty, telling people to eat well or whatever she did. I don't know. Empowering women, I think, was her big thing. And that's, that's great and all that. But let's not create a hole for the peg to fit in, okay? Leave the family. Just just for the sake of optics, right? Like, imagine you get a new boss tomorrow, wherever it is you work. I don't care where, where you work. Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A, some Fortune 500 company, the bank. I don't care. But imagine you get a new supervisor tomorrow that walks in, and the first thing you do is go, okay, by the way, my family's going to be a big part of this, big part. No, they're not in charge. They're not in charge. I'm the boss. But they're going to be a big part of this. They'll be around here all day, every day. Don't you worry about them. I'm going to find a place for them. I'm going to find a place for them to work over here. They're really good at whatever it is. They'll be fine. You would find that to be a little bit unscrupulous. Like, you'd be like, oh, that's a little unethical. That's weird. You don't do that. I've worked at one of those places before. So yeah. 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 Normal people don't do that. You don't do that. And and Trump had no no right to do that. Now, I mean, I guess he did, but now, he shouldn't have done it. Well, yeah, he certainly has every right to do it, I think. He can pick whoever he wants. And I'm not going to say this in his defense. However, I think um, I think I understand it. I think the reason for why he did what he did was because clearly he couldn't trust a lot of people. Uh, I mean, that place was a revolving door. His mm-hmm. cabinet was ridiculous. With I mean, especially in the first like year and a half, it was constantly you know. But can you imagine working for him? Like, what a pain in the butt that must have been to work for a guy who I'm sure you had meetings at 5 in the morning, right, at the White House. You're preparing for a really long day every day. And I would bet bottom dollar that dude's, all right, here's what we're going to do. This, this, and this. And by 6 a.m., he has said something entirely opposite on Twitter. And the whole world's undone and everything you've prepared for is nil. Amphetamines will do that to you. So I understand. I don't know. Well, I mean, the man didn't sleep. Yeah. You know? I mean. Most presidents don't, from what I understand. Well. You go about four years with three hours of sleep. Up until a couple months ago. (laughs) 
It's bedtimes. I mean, <laughs> I got you. Yeah. You, you, look, you got to hit the buffet by about 4.30. Old Biden. Yeah. So you can be in bed by 7. Yep. Get up and read the teleprompter wrong. Yeah. <laughs> AFT. Everybody. Go ahead. I felt like I cut you off. No, that's that. That's all I had to say about it. I'm tired of it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Again, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying you had a lot of leaks in the White House and absolutely, uh, absolutely people people running their mouth to the press and people that he clearly couldn't trust that were trying to work some angle. So I think he probably uh, brought his kids and whatnot in there because uh, he didn't think that they would. Stab him in the back like some of these other people. Again, yeah, not defending him, just saying I think no. that was a rationalization that he was probably under. I wouldn't mind if you did defend him. I don't think you're far off because I would suggest the establishment hated him. We know that for a fact. And that was the fun part of Trump is that the establishment hated him. But then his inner circle, like I was just saying, was probably super irritated with the fact that the man couldn't stick to anything. He couldn't yeah. stay on course with anything. He changed his mind all the time, it felt like. So, I don't know. And they did, you know, he had to constantly do that I was joking thing because he would say dumb yeah. stuff, like injecting the disinfectant into him, yep. which was obviously not a joke to any rational person watching it. And then, oh, no, that was a joke. No, it wasn't a joke. He said something really, really stupid. In fact, what I would suppose is that Trump was really smart about surrounding himself with people that knew things better than he did. They well, did it right? That's, well, frankly, that's what a good businessman does. Sure, yeah. My idea is somebody in that meeting said something like this has been tried somewhere, and he misunderstood what was said. Oh, absolutely. Then yeah. he repeated it and had yep. to play it off like a joke. Yep. That's my point. He strikes me as a type that wouldn't really fully be listening. Right. He's off... Then La La Land, he's thinking about something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's thinking about something else. Yeah. So like you say, he catches a little piece of it, and he's like, I like that. What's wrong with that? Did you see, by the way, that the Supreme Court said he's not allowed, as a sitting president, you're not allowed to block your critics on social media. It is a violation. Now, all right, let me, okay, let man, me rephrase. Oh, go ahead. Let me say this real quick. It's a point of clarification. They refused to hear the case because Trump was already out of office. Biden was already coming in, transitioning. And they said the point would be null anyway. But the argument Trump wanted them to hear was the fact that he wasn't able to block people who didn't like him on social media. And those people were saying if you did block us, it would be a violation of our First Amendment rights. Okay, shoe on the other foot. Yeah. Why is social media allowed to block him then? Yeah. Great question. Because that's what I thought the case was going to be when I first saw the headline. But no, I didn't realize like they were really trying to work out. He wanted to block dissenting points of view. And those people say that's a violation of the First Amendment. You're the President of the United States. We have a right to redress you for our grievances. Huh. So he wanted to go to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court said, like, you're already out of office, man. Like, no big deal. Not going to happen. Anyway, kicked it to the curb. Thought that was interesting. Okay, we'll be real quick on this one. Then we'll do our vote of the week, which is a really good find from Mr. Hulon. The South Carolina House has okayed a bill allowing open carry 
Without a permit, South Carolina House, according to AP, on Wednesday, giving key approval to a so-called constitutional carry bill that would let residents carry guns openly without a permit with no mandatory training. Great. Uh, I say go for it. But I also say don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. I, I don't think you should have to have a CWP. I really don't I think that should be legal even without a permit. Um, I think you should only be able to lose that right. That makes sense. Do something dumb. You do something against the law. You can lose the allowance, basically, to uh, carry concealed. I do think you have a Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms on your person for the purpose of defense for yourself and your family. I don't think the government's allowed to tell you yes or no on that. However, open carry means you will be shot first. It's a very poor tactical decision. Yeah. If I'm a bad guy and I'm going to shoot up the restaurant, I want the element of surprise. And I'm going to go in. I'm going to look around. I'm going to see you with your XD on your hip. And I'm going to shoot you in the face. And I'm going to shoot everybody else. And I mean that sincerely because that's the way bad guys think. So please, please, please don't open carry. Even if they allow you to do it, please, please, please don't do it. Hide it. Be the gray man. Blend in. Let nobody know what you're capable of, and then strike when you're needed most. Fair? Couldn't have said any better. Okay, are you going to read this for us here on our Voda of the Week? I can. Oh, man, it's so good. And so, like, just expected. Expected. Here we go. I'm an ambitious officer. One Voda. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. Everybody knows the rules. Uh, tweet from Rashida Talab. <laughs> you know it's going to be good when I start with that. She says, it wasn't an accident. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. Oh. Dante Wright was met with aggression and violence. I am done with those who condone government-funded murder. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. Isn't she the best? So we've got uh, a <clears throat> sitting member of Congress. Mm-hmm. We've 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 eclipsed the idea of defunding the police now. Right now, now we're saying we're just going to abolish it. No, I mean, no more police. What what good does it do anyway? Right, like the policing. I mean, I think we already covered that earlier. Um, not much. Yeah. So we, sh- we I'm with her actually now that you yeah. said that. Um, you know, I went into this the other way, but. It starts to make once sense. Once again, you provide a good argument. So I'm going to have to uh, side with you and Rashida here. Uh, who's, by the way, been arrested for uh, disturbing a congressional rally, if you remember. She got hauled out a couple of times for screaming expletives in crowded She was rooms. like a swell gal. She, you know, why, you do have to wonder sometimes why people like her so angry. And I believe, I believe it's an anger of ignorance. They know they don't know. And they know the only way to seem smart enough to be in the room with you is to shout you down. Well, I was going to say, pander through outrage. That's fair too. Yeah. I remember I went to uh, the local technical college because I'm a winner. And we started talking about Roe versus Wade in class one day. I don't even remember what the class was. I don't think it was a political science class or anything. 
I don't know how it came up even. And I basically said um, it, it, it doesn't meet what people say it's supposed to be. Like, you know, the, the government not being between a woman and her doctor and all that. Like, And then they ask you to leave Algebra 201. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Then um, we had this nice elderly lady that taught the class from what I remember. She's basically living out her remaining days. Um, she was a nice lady. I don't remember what the class was. What I do remember is saying, um, nobody's getting between a woman and her doctor. What we're getting between is the woman in the womb and the woman herself. That's what we're getting between. We're, we're guarding the innocent life in the womb. And there was a lady in the class with me who I remember to this day stood up out of her seat and came over and put her finger almost on my face and screamed at me and said, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, sounds like I hit a nerve. <laughs> and she was so mad that the teacher came forward and was like, okay, stop, 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 sit down. We don't need to talk about this. Just sit down. And to me, that proved the point. Yeah. That woman was living with guilt. She was riddled with it. She knew what she had done. I'm not here to cast dispersions or blame anybody. Everybody makes mistakes. I get it. I get it. But the point was proven to me. Why are you so angry? And it's because deep down you know you're not right. You're living a lie. You're trying to convince yourself that things are right that you know aren't right. Just give it up. Lay the burden down. Say, you know what? I can be happy. I can go about my life. That's how Rashida Tlaib, that's how I feel about her. This faux outrage, government-funded murder, no more policing, incarceration. Fine. You know what? Can I be cliche? Sure. All right. Do it. Rashida, yeah. set the tone. Go for it. Set the tone. Disarm your security. No more police guarding you. Refuse any sort of capital police protection when you walk around in public. No more. Not at all. Nobody around Miss Tlaib will be armed to protect her. She will do it herself because it can't be reformed. And it's inherently racist for her to walk around with any sort of security. Right? I would tend to agree, yeah. Yeah. So it does make me easy enough how someone like her gets to where she is. All politics are local, my friend. You know what that means? It means that the people around her are as dumb as she is. Nancy Pelosi has been in office for generations only because the people of her district are so, so stupid. <laughs> it's the same with her. It's the same with her. It's a pretty fair assessment. I, I don't think for a second they don't tip the scales, don't get me wrong. But they have to have enough backing that uh, they don't have to tip the scales that much, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because if you were to interview, it's, it's an interesting concept. There's a term for it I don't remember, but basically, look at Lindsey Graham. There's a great example. If you interviewed the people of South Carolina about Lindsey Graham, nobody really likes him, right? Like, yeah. he's not a popular politician in the state of South Carolina. However, he's been in office for like 70-something years. I don't know. It's crazy. Long time. <laughs> uh, not really. But he's been in office as long as I can remember he's been a senator. As long yeah. as I can remember. And, uh, and the reason is because people are comfortable with him. It's not that he's done anything great, but, you know, the evil you know 
like we just talked about a minute ago, yeah. it's better than the one you don't know. Don't go out of the pan and into the fire. Just, okay, well, it's not terrible. He's just a waffle, and nobody likes him. Um, the story in South Carolina, by the way, is that he gets elected off all the old money that lives on the coast where he lives, and he goes around and panders to them, and they like him. That's where a lot of his votes come in. He only won handedly last time because the opposition was just so extreme. Jamie Harrison was this extreme left candidate who tried to be Obama light, who played on the whole I'll say nice things and in a time of crisis character counts and all that garbage that had no substance to yeah. it. Um, but typically people don't like Lindsey Graham. My point is, if the national media came in, and asked you what you thought about Lindsey Graham, you'd probably give him a shoulder shrug. I don't mind him. I don't mind him, right? And that's what these people do. Yeah. So they're willing to vote for them because they're the closest thing that represents what they believe. They might not necessarily love them, but they'll put up with them. But it does show, man, Minnesota's in trouble, California's in trouble, et cetera, et cetera. I think it says a lot, by the way. And these will be my parting words. And you tell me if you disagree. If you told me I could just live in South Carolina, I didn't have to put up with anything else from the rest of the country. If we could just be South Carolina, I'd take it in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Some people would call that secession. I'd buy that. I'd call it heaven. I'd get my passport to travel. Not the COVID vaccine. Keeps yeah, nah. blood clotting people. <laughs> See, they shut down the fourth... Uh, COVID vaccine site this week. Georgia uh, is no longer uh, letting anybody do the the Johnson and Johnson one. What is going on? <laughs> what a crazy world! All right. Anyway, hope we entertained you. Hope you had a good time. If you've listened this far, thank you, thank you very, very much. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. What was that word? Subscribed to the podcast. Leave a review. Tell a friend to bring them with you next time. They'll enjoy it. I promise. It's group effort. We'll all we'll all be here. And we'll see you back in seven days. If Patty's wife doesn't pop before then, he'll be here too. We'll see. If she does, I'll see you at Stump's house. Fair enough. All right. <laughs>